Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DebraRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. For those of you with partially or fully manual vendor setup and maintenance processes, you may receive a vendor packet complete with all the required supporting documentation to set up a new vendor or change an existing vendor. The question is, are you protecting the vendor sensitive personal information contained on those forms? Keep listening. Welcome to episode 49, protect your vendors sensitive data from being exposed on desks, printers, and file cabinets. Okay, so for those of you that are still partially or fully manual, I get it. You're very happy when you get a vendor packet that is complete. One that has your vendor setup form if you have one, a W9 and a W8 if you haven't combined them into a substitute form, a banking form or the banking on the vendors or the vendor's bank letterhead. Other information can also be included such as insurance certificates or a contract or statement of work to support payment terms. So all that can be received. And yes, I do remember how lovely that was to be able to get not only a complete packet, but also a packet that had the forms completed correctly. So I get that. And I know that sometimes the documentation is received via email or it could be received in hard copy. And the question that I asked was, was are you protecting your vendors sensitive personal information that can be contained on those forms and the first thing we want to do is let's define what you're what you should be protecting so we're going to define what is vendor sensitive personal information and then i'm going to talk about exactly what's wrong with having that information on desk having that information on printers and then lastly having that information in file cabinets and then we'll talk about with each what you can do what those best practices are taking a look at what is vendor sensitive personal information and there are really three things 
banking details, of course, is number one. And many, and I know many vendors include banking details on their invoices, especially international vendors. And they do that because the accounts that AP uses is a deposit only account. But that's not always the case. You can't just assume that it's a deposit only account. Many individuals, um, single member LLCs, they don't have deposit only accounts. So banking details are considered sensitive personal information. They should be protected in your accounting system or your ERP. And they also should be protected um, when you have a hard copy. So banking details can be on the vendor setup form they can be on definitely on the banking form on the vendor or vendor's bank letterhead or email now the second one for spi is birthday and in specific scenarios the irs does require the collection of a birthday for foreign individuals and of course birth dates are considered sensitive personal data that should only be collected for regulatory requirements now birth dates can be included on w8s or within email now the third one is the tax ID. Now the tax ID of course can be uh, sensitive personal information because it can be a social security number. Now again, individuals, single member LLCs, they can have an EIN, but they're not required to have an EIN unless they have an employee. So even if you see an LLC and the vendor has selected that first tax classification, individual, sole proprietor, single member LLC, even if they have selected that and they have LLC behind their name does not automatically mean that they have an EIN. It can definitely be a social security number if they are a solopreneur. And also the other reason too is that ERPs or accounting systems really only have one field for tax identification number. And that tax ID again can be an SSN or a EIN. And so even within your ERP system, you need to consider that as SPI, vendor sensitive personal information. So even within your ERP, you need to consider that SPI. And so that tax ID, as you know, can be on the vendor setup forms. It can be definitely be on the W-9 or W-8. It can be within contracts. And in certain positions, I've asked for the tax ID to be on the contract. So if we don't get it by any other means, at least we have on the contracts so it can be there and then again it can also be an email so just to recap the banking details the birthday the tax id are all considered vendor sensitive personal information or spi and need to be protected within your accounting system and erp and then they also need to be protected on your desk on printers and also in file cabinets let's start talking about those now so desk, what's wrong with desk? I know what you're saying, we have to review it, right? And yes, I would say you do definitely have to review it, especially if you receive it hard copy, 
but you definitely don't want anyone else viewing it when it's not necessary. So leaving SPI on your desk gives access to other employees that may not have the company's best interests at heart. So we all know about occupational fraud. So it is a real thing. And so if you're sitting at your desk, that information needs to be protected. So the best practice is if the documentation came to you via email, most companies now have two monitors. Request a privacy monitor screen for both monitors. You can use that to review the vendor's documentation and that will ensure some privacy. Now, if you only have one monitor, shrink the electronic documents on the screen so that you can look at them side by side on the same screen. Another best practice, if you received hard copies, you can scan those hard copies in. Take them to the printer, and I'll have more on the printer later, but scan them in. You wanna verify the sheets were successfully sent, then place the hard copies in the shred bin, not that blue recycle container under your desk because it's still out there. You wanna put it in a recycle container that has a lock on it. And most companies should have that available for you, but if you've got the old school shred, you can do that as well. Now, how do you check to make sure you know that your employees or that your AP folks are actually taking the precautions to not leave that vendor SPI on the desk. One of the things I've done in the past is to implement a random desk audit process. And I know it sounds like a lot, but this can be monthly or any interval that you choose. In the past, I've done that monthly. So if you have a large team, you can also identify a rotating set of desk auditors can check desks for any obvious vendor SPI left in plain view. You don't wanna rifle through drawers, don't have them going through binders. The point is to put employees in a mindset of secure behavior so you let them know that that random desk audit process is out there. It's random so they don't know when it's coming. And then the employees will get in this mindset of secure behavior and of get into the habit of making sure their desk is clear of vendor sensitive personal information or SPI before they leave for the day. You wanna perform the random audit before, either before the employees come in or after they leave for the day. And here's a tip. I would even include passwords, anything that you wanna make sure the employee doesn't leave around on their desk for anyone to see, which will stop those passwords from being on sticky notes at the bottom of monitors or on their cubicle walls. So include any anything else that, that um, you wanna make sure the employee is taken in consideration um, for secure behavior throughout the day. And you'd be surprised, um, we actually attached a 
monthly raffle to this process. And so those folks that did not have any um, SPI or passwords on their desk were put into a drawing. And we actually, we had a pretty big team. So we picked three people and those three people were able to cash in on a one hour or two hour, I can't remember what it was, PTO certificate. So they can take time off and it cost us nothing, but it really meant a lot to them. The whole point of that is to, again, get your employees in a secure behavior mindset. Okay, so that was the desk. So now let's talk about printers and what's wrong with printers. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with printers. It's open access. So again, you remember how exciting and satisfying it was when that big vendor packet you received hard copy or via email has all the information you required to process that new vendor ad or existing vendor change. Very rewarding. So if you did receive it by email, don't blow that reward by printing it or storing it in a file cabinet if you received it hard copy. So for printing, we've all been there. You send something to a shared printer and they're all shared these days and then you get distracted so somebody comes by the telephone rings you remember you didn't do something send something by email and it's due right now so you get distracted so by the time you get to the printer other people who have done that same thing are and by that same thing i mean other people who have sent something to the printer they're now rifling through that printer tray, um, right? Because we all have print jobs and they all come in between each other. And now you've got folks up there rifling through that printer tray, trying to find where their job is. And they have, they're trying to help you. They have intentions of being, right, the most helpful when they lay your vendor's documentation on top of the printer face up so you don't have to rifle through the printer tray. But what they don't realize is they have just laid that W-9 form or the banking form on top for all to see your vendor's SPI. So the best practice is if you receive via email, don't print. Refer back to what I talked about with the desk. Use your monitors to view. If you must print, then use the secure print function. And most of these big shared printers will have a secure print function and that will allow you to get to the printer after you've been distracted, no problem. Then when you get to the printer, you key in your code and only then will the documents print. So they're not sitting in the print tray for um, anyone to see before you get to the printer. And I would also say you can include the printers in your random desk audit process that I recommended above. Have those desk auditors also check the print tray or the printer to see if there's any SPI uh, documents on there. And depending on what you print, especially if you print an email, you can tell who printed that. But at the very least, if there is vendor SPI documents on the printer, you can at least remove them from the printer so that no one else has access to see them. Okay, so that's printers and access is what was wrong with printers. Well, guess what? Access is also 
what's wrong with file cabinets. So let's go back to your hard copies, either because you printed them or because you were given hard copies. And once you process them, they must go somewhere, right? So they're put into a file cabinet. Problem is, is who has access to the file cabinet? Is the file cabinet locked? Yes, okay. Well, who has access to the key? Just like system security, file cabinets where sensitive information is kept must apply least privilege access, which means only those that need access should have access. So here are some best practices. Again, if you receive via email, don't print. You can scan that information in and attach that documentation directly on the vendor record. A benefit of this is if you are off-site for any reason, such as a disaster recovery drill, or if you're working remote, you will still have access to this documentation. Now, if for some reason you cannot attach it to the vendor record, then save the scanned copies on a secure drive. Again, only allowing access to those that absolutely need access. Now, lastly, if you must store these hard copies in a file cabinet, commandeer a separate file cabinet that only contains vendor supporting documentation, lock it, and allow access to only those staff members that work with vendor request. And I've seen examples in the past where they are still stored in file cabinets. Yes, this is 2019 and people are still doing that. I do understand. So they're stored in file cabinets, but they're stored in file cabinets that also contain invoices. They also contain other information and it's not needed. Um, it really needs to be separated. If you've got a, an AP group and only one or two people actually process vendor um, requests, then put that in a separate space and only allow access by those one or two people. Okay, so that's it. And I know it can be scary to think about open access to your vendor's sensitive personal information or SPI. Give this podcast to other team members, get training, train your staff, even other internal employees that submit vendor documentation to you because everyone in the company has to take responsibility for protecting your vendor's data. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 49th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.